Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is Lee Dort and I'm down to dunk. This is Lee Dort and I'm down to Dort. I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these. I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, it's like we're getting back on the horse again, doing podcasts on Mondays. It's McKelly Bear. McKelly, what's up? Hey, it has been a crazy couple of weeks, Sundays. Yeah. Tuesdays. Tuesdays. <laughs> What's that? It's disgusting. It seems wrong. <laughs> it did seem wrong. One week from today is media day for the Thunder. Everything opens back up. We get to talk to players. I believe we'll talk to Sam sometime this week as well. So Thunder basketball is just about, just about here, guys. It's going to get exciting. We have preseason basketball happening in Tulsa, nonetheless. So our Tulsa people can get a, a taste of some Thunder action without having to drive all the way to OKC. So that's pretty cool. No Steve, Steve Ballmer audio right now, just to pump up the media. And the, no, the, let's the do fans. it. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, let's do one. I'm just fired up to be here today. Oh, that's pretty cool. cool. Pretty damn cool. Woo! We're back. Uh, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's really, it's it really is exciting. I know that there's like the bummer of like Chet Holmgren not playing, but there's a lot of exciting things. Um, to think about with this team. Uh, I wanted to ask everybody this question this week and maybe help form some of my questions that I'm going to have for uh, players on Monday. But what are you most excited about? Or like, What do you want to learn from preseason, training camp, stuff like that? Like, What are you most excited for when it comes to Thunder basketball, McKelly? Wow. Um, I mean, there's so many things that we can be excited about. Um, I think that I would go with the role of Trey Mann. Okay. Uh, I know that I'm beating the drums here a little bit on Trey Mann. I, I'm really curious. I was very curious before Summer League. It wasn't like, um, it wasn't a good one. Um, he had like a couple of good games, but it was a little bit um, underwhelming. And so I'm really curious to see what is his spot in the rotations? Uh, I think that we will see some of the, I mean, the ideas of Mark Reynolds in terms of rotations and minutes in preseason, not yeah. probably set in stones because, I mean, yeah, it definitely. wasn't for the entire season. So I'm very curious. Um, of course, uh, I am extremely curious to see who starts. I think that that is something that we, we are all extremely curious about. Yeah. Um, 
especially if one of the starters is one of the two rookies, uh, Jang or J-Dub. I think that their role in the rotation, uh, especially in terms of positioning, like yeah. with Trey Mann for me is how much. I know what kind of basketball he will play. Yeah, uh, He can play on and off. He will be a shooting decoy when he's not, he's not on ball, mm -hmm. or he can be a creator. So yep. we know that. With Jeng and J-Dub, I am extremely curious to see what they are going to do um, in terms of, hey, they will play the three, the four, the two and a half. Like they can, they can basically be whatever. Yeah. And so I'm very curious to see where Dignal will go with their minutes. Um, yeah. Because it's like, I'm very curious to see if J-Dub can hold at the four position in terms of defense. I know. I remember hearing about him playing the four after he was drafted. And I was like, huh? <laughs> what are you talking about playing the four? This guy's a point guard for, for his college team. And it was like a point guard only his whole life. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, we it's it's just crazy to think that he could play so many different positions, and he did in summer league. Yeah. And they put him in different positions now, sustainably. To, to me, like the four is just like spot minutes, or it's like specific weird lineups. Um, mm -hmm. But he's pretty strong already, and he's a little bit older than some of these really young guys as well. You know, I was talking to somebody today about Josh Giddy. It's like, well, Josh Giddy. People are like, oh, Josh Giddy's got to prove some stuff. Like, does does Josh Giddy have to prove some stuff? He's 19 years old. You know, like what other 19 year old in the world? They're like, man, well, this guy's got a lot to prove. It's like, no, he's a teenager still. You know, there's just there's a lot going on with him, and we, I think, Thunder fans and people that follow the Thunder want him to take a leap, but by no means is this year like career defining for Josh Giddy cuz i mean he'll be 20 this season he's younger than Chet so yeah. in what way could it i don't really don't think it's career defining for him this is just like what what kind of growth can we see from him in this normal nba offseason i think is a really interesting thing just cuz we haven't had a normal nba offseason in a long time um, i don't think Darius Baisley has had a normal NBA offseason since he's been in the league and he's about to end his first contract. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that, I think there's a lot of important things that can still be done with this team, even without Chet um, and a lot of things to cover. But yeah, I think Trey Mann is a really interesting one. You know, these guys and, and Sam Presti talked about it at his um, in, end of season press conference where he addressed that like guys are going to get left behind if they don't work. Yeah. You know, and so, like, what if Aaron Wiggins outworks Baisley or outworks whoever? You know, it's possible. Yeah, that it can happen to anybody. Yeah, and so I don't think that it will impact uh, Shea, Dort, and, and Giddy. Yeah, because they have proved multiple times that they will get minutes. This season they and deservedly so. So yeah. um, I think that the last thing uh, on this one, and it's we discussed it many times um, this year, preseason probably not to, to huge extent, but this year will be about how Gideon Shea play together. Yeah. Um, this will be the storyline uh, of the season if yep. the two no doubt. struggle on the court. There will be talks and there will be 
um, questions like uh, Raptor fans claiming SGA is upset because he's not on down to dunk intro and stuff like that for the <laughs> entire season. This is <laughs> going to be, <laughs> I stole this from the YouTube chat, Grape Ape just posted this one. Um, but it's, you know, it's it's going to be about them. They are the player that will mostly define um surely defining uh, the uh, the season of okc yeah. if both giddy and shay um have leaped this season then this team will be already extremely fun so uh i think that this is uh the storyline of the season for preseason though i don't think that we will see much of it i mean yeah. they will play probably sparse minute and it will be um, uh, about others yeah. um but hey this is the big storyline for me yeah yeah I think that's really good stuff. And then looking at the preseason schedule, October 3rd is in Denver. So they play at 8 o'clock Central on October 3rd will be the first time that we'll see this team. October 5th is in Tulsa against the Mavericks, which should be fun. And then in OKC on October 6th at 7 p.m., they play the Adelaide 36ers, which is fun. That's fun. Uh, and then they play Maccabi uh, Rayanana. I don't know how to say that. I'm sorry. Me neither. Um, on October 9th in OKC, and then they finish the preseason in Detroit, and then at San Antonio. October 13th will be the last preseason game. So uh, it's coming just around the corner. Uh, another thing before we jump into Voicemail Mondays. Actually, a couple of things. One, I, I co-wrote a piece with Zach Harper about the Thunder on The Athletic today, just talking about burning questions about the Thunder. So go check that out uh, at theathletic.com. You can go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get The Athletic for $1 a month for six months. So it's a no-brainer. So it's a dollar. You won't even notice that that dollar's gone. And you'll get some added benefits as well. You can listen to this podcast ad-free on The Athletic app. You can also listen to all the athletic podcasts, including uh, Saturday Slam and Jam and the other podcasts we have for $1 a month for six months ad-free. And then read all of the great content. If you're in the NFL, tons of that. College football, there's a bunch of stuff there as well. So uh, you can also read this piece on The Athletic from Sham Sharania. He wrote about the new collective bargaining agreement which feels like it's going to get done. I mean, as soon as January, December, uh, and we won't even have to sweat. And it's all because of money. You know, everybody's making money. Everybody's fat and happy when it comes to the NBA. So no one wants to stop the gravy train, and it won't stop. And one of the things that they're talking about is uh, draft age eligibility, Moving from 19 to 18, uh, this will trigger something that Alex Spears has been very excited about for a long time, and that's the double draft, which would likely be in 2024. Now, how that applies to the Thunder, um, one, it's not impossible they're still in the lottery in the summer of 2024, so that could be helpful to them then. And then also they have the Rockets' top four protected pick in 2024. Now, what, the, what double draft means is this. 
let's use the draft of 2021 as an example. This is what I put on Twitter. So everyone that's eligible for the draft, which would have been Cade, Mobley, Josh Giddy, all those guys, Herb Jones, everybody eligible for that draft is in that draft. Plus anyone that's 18 and eligible for the following year could enter that draft without going to college or the G League or whatever, wherever else um, they could play over in Europe, wherever else they would play. Um, so that would have meant that you have Paolo, Chet, Jabari, instead of entering college, they could have been in that 21 draft, which would have, yeah. like, that's the way you have to think about it. That's why it's called the double draft. It's like you get these likely top tier players. Like, I'm sure if you're Paolo or Chet or Jabari and you have all this talent and you could just go make money right away, like, you mean I can go make $7 million next year? Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that instead. Yeah. You know, um, even a player like Darius Baisley who didn't really, obviously didn't have a ton of interest in, in going to college. He went and did the New Balance thing and wanted to do something different. He may have been drafted in like the late 20s if he would have just anyway. entered his name in the year yep. prior. So it's also guys like that where it's uh, we'll take a flyer on somebody late in the first round that's 18 years old. Now it's difficult because you just have less information you know, I think it's good for players, but I mean, we're seeing right now in a pretty terrible situation. Um, we have um, Imani Bates, who was just arrested, and this guy was supposed to be like the next LeBron. I mean, this was oh, yeah. the guy that everyone thought, like, oh, okay, everybody is, you know, not you know wanting to tank this the year where Imani Bates will be in the draft. Well. Who knows what will happen with Imani Bates when you know he's draft eligible this next year? But like, where is he going to even enter the draft? Is is anybody going to even want to draft him? I mean, you just don't know. So there's examples all over the map with this one. You know, like Gerald Green was a guy who was drafted right out of high school, was supposed to go to Oklahoma State. My freshman year should have gone, should have been there. Anyways, he gets drafted. Um, shouldn't he should have gone to college? You know, I think that yeah. it might have done him some good to go to college. Uh, Kobe Bryant drafted 13th, 13th, came right out of high school. If, if he went, it would have, I mean, he could have gone number one. Like if he went to Duke, I mean, I think that people would have gone insane for Kobe Bryant. Yeah. He would have gone number one in the following, in the next draft. Uh, Kevin Garnett also fell. I think he was like seventh or eighth in the draft. You know, probably should have been the first pick in the draft. And then like you have the Kwame Browns and Tyson Chandlers of the world that it's like, oh man. Drafted super high in the draft, had ton of potential, but didn't ever actualize it. You know, you just don't you just don't know what you're getting when it comes to uh, drafting high school players. So, I think it's or or underage, like yeah. not even when you see them one year, like Scoot Anderson. Like, mm -hmm. what is our read on him? Oh yeah, um, like people think take that as an example, him, but like go look he, at Scoot's stats and then tell me that yeah. you think that that's a great player. It's like we still need to see some more. Yeah, exactly. So it will be a lot of hey, uh, and, and again, G League offers you already a pretty informative series of data points to to have like to have models that can be based on uh, like high school and prep schools are not like that. Mm -hmm. 
So even with a guy like that, that you are projecting right now as the number one, two player of next year, uh, take the last draft. Where do you draft him? Before yeah. or after Jaden Ivey? <laughs> uh, probably before. Probably. But, but hey, it's dicey there. Uh, and in a different draft, yeah. in a more stacked draft, like with Cade, Scotty Barnes, where does he land? I know. Is he number five, number six? Like, it, it's extremely difficult. Yeah. And this will add, like, probably a competitive advantage to some of the front office. It yeah. will be extremely important to have a support system uh, because you need to prepare athlete, mm-hmm. but also prepare person yeah. at their jobs and whatnot. So it's going to be a different investment, a bigger investment. Uh, probably the G League will help, but hey, this is, um, again, adding more talent for one year and then adding way more work in the following years. Yeah, I know. You hope that by that time, the Thunder are on the up and up and the Rockets are still trying to figure it out. You know, like that's that's ideal. The Rockets could take a leap as soon as this year, and you're like, oh, okay, like this pick is going to be in the teens. And even so, you get the double it draft in the teens. It's pretty good. Like you're still good to go. Um, so that's that is really an interesting piece of this. And then the downside of the double draft is you get to 2025, and it's like, oh, where's the talent? You know, <laughs> the, the talent is not going to be there quite as much um with that year so but 2024 should be pretty crazy but 25 you know 24 could is going to set the bar pretty high whereas 25 will um not be as good uh alex bullerjack say i look like a history teacher thank you i used to be a high school teacher back in the day so you know i just can't shake that look i guess uh okay any other anything else that you want to talk about before we dive into some voicemails for voicemail monday no let's get into that let's do it here's our first caller what is up andrew mikey i hope you're doing very well i was curious who for both of you was your favorite player growing up and if there's anyone who the closest person might be in today's nba who's similar to your favorite player growing up. Hope it's a great Monday, and have a fantastic week. See you guys. Favorite player, McKellie? So as probably the old listeners know, I am, I mean, I started with basketball very late. So when I was young, like really young, like primary school or middle school, I was not into basketball at all. Uh, My infatuation with basketball was around 16 years old um 16 17 when when italy played the olympics um against manu ginobili and there was a player uh that played for italy Uh, his name is uh, gianluca basile who was just the best gunner ever Hmm. like he was taking just insane and stupid treatment shots uh and making all of them i was like in love with the with the tree ball and so i don't know in modern nba probably uh, one of the two splash brother um like Gianluca was taking shots from half court in like actual <laughs> basketball competition so um 
And I mean, in a game against Lithuania, I think, which was much better than Italy that year, um, he was just insane. Uh, just heat check after heat check. And so that kind of player still, this is probably why I love Treyman, <laughs> because he's kind <laughs> of the gunner. Um, so yeah, uh, that kind of crazy three-point shooter, it's still my thing. Yeah. Uh, Shaq was my favorite player growing up. You can see right here, there's three little Shaq figurines right behind my head. Uh, lots of Shaq stuff. I have a signed Shaq jersey uh, here just to the left of me as well. Um, so huge Shaq guy. And then as far as like one, like no one's like Shaq. But if anybody was like Shaq, it's like giant Giannis. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know? By the way, talking about Shaq, I, I, I think I I was listening to a podcast, I don't remember which one, uh -huh. and they were picking three against three players. And I think that nobody picked Shaq. I said, in a three, three against three, three, like, just, like you, you just have to give him the ball. The ball. And <laughs> Shaq was a good passer, so yeah. if you double team yeah, but why him. Why passing the ball? Like, three yeah. against three, I mean, come on. Like, Two are not enough, like, to guard him, so. Yeah. I mean, we talk about, like, oh, Chet is not going to be able to handle anybody, you know, at the center position. Like, Chet can handle most guys at the center position to a degree in the NBA. Yeah. You put Chet against Shaq, though, then it's, like, a legitimate, like, yeah, Chet's going to die, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not going to work at all. But there's, no, I mean, there's nobody like him. The thing is, when guys are that big, they're not n nimble enough to play the game. Where Shaq Maybe Zion? Runs. Zion was the other one that I thought of. I just need to see more of him, you know. Because yeah. he's not been like, I mean, he's been very good when he's played. But just to think of like dominance in the paint. I mean, it's really like Giannis. Yeah. You know, there's not really um, anybody else like that. So, uh, all right. Next question is about the Thunder being competitive. Hey, guys. When the Thunder do make their playoff arrival, what year is it, and what are your predictions for the rest of the Western Conference playoff standings? Thanks. Shall we do it draft, um, draft-like, like you did uh, for the Athletic NBA show? <laughs> like where we pick um, one team. Well, first we have to settle the year. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of pick who we think will be there with the thunder yeah i think it's like arriving like making the playoffs and like not being a top six seed i would say 25 26 is what i would predict mm -hmm. you know i think that i don't think they'll be in the playoffs of the play-in in 23 24 i will probably predict that they'll be in the seven to ten range mm -hmm. um and then I think that if everything goes well, they could be in like the six seed, five, six seed range in 20 and in going into 25, 26, you know, if you're making like these stair step progressions, like things could go horribly wrong where they're still in the lottery, you know, or things could go very well where like Shea is like super good and Chet comes back and he's completely healthy and they add, 
you know, a big wing in this next draft. And it's like, holy smokes, like, look what the Thunder have. And then you get to the 24 draft, and it's like double draft. They get the eighth pick because the Rockets still stink, and they get their own pick in the 20s. And it's like, man, then they package those two and get Zion. And then, like, now they're just the best team in the league. You know, you just, I don't know. Like, you can go to weird fantasy lands on both ends. But I would say if you're just thinking normal progression of an NBA team, I would say 25, 26. No, that's too late. That is Shea's fourth year in this contract. Well, maybe it's... Well, hold on. 23, 24. Yeah, I think it's 24, 20... Maybe it's 24, 25 that I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah that seems 25. like a, a fair... I, I agree with this progression. Like, yeah. this year still being between probably 13 and 10th in terms of record. I think that they have a chance to be in the plane if something crazy happens. Uh, but this is like a borderline event. Uh, 23, 24, I think they can be between 10 and 7. Yeah. Uh, and then 24, 25, I think it's the year yeah. when they should be. If their build goes well, um, they should be there. Yeah. I think so too. Um, and then teams that will be there, like the Nuggets are going to be really good then still. Just, just pick one. Then, then then it's me. Like, come on. I'll go Nuggets, number one seed. Jokic will be like 30, I think. Jamal Murray mm-hmm. will be 28. Like that's, I mean, they're going to be. You think the Nuggets are good now? I think that these next few years, the Nuggets have a chance to like really, really be legitimate. Um, so yeah, I'll go Nuggets, number one. I'm not sure I agree, because I think that they are too much, they are reliant on Jokic too much. If he goes, they are they are just nothing. Well, Jamal, I think Jamal Murray is really good, and he's back. You're not a believer. No, I, I'm not. Like, I believe in Jokic. I believe yeah. that any team with Jokic will make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just don't trust the organization enough uh they can be the next utah it's they... very possible tim Connolly did leave to go to minnesota yeah and so we don't know a lot about what calvin booth is going to be as a yeah. general manager long term where with Connolly, like honestly we should have talked more about the timberwolves on saturday for saturday's show just because mm-hmm. like man like they've they got one of the better gms now in yeah. in the league and he's Man, he's he's already done a really good job putting role players around um, that Timberwolves squad. So, but yeah, I I don't know. I still think Jokic is going to be one of the best players in the league. He's not dependent on athleticism. I think he's going to be amazing. And if if Jamal Murray and MPJ are healthy, I think that we're talking about like a team that's really really good. So yeah, no, I agree. If they stick together, right? I'm not betting on that. Uh, just I'm, I'm betting that Jokic leaves and goes somewhere else. But, oh. but that is, yeah, yeah, that 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 is my entire point. Like okay. I'm not sure they can keep Jokic there. Hmm. Okay. That will if be they very start crumbling. You're saying that he's playing next to Chet. Um. Uh, possibly. <laughs> I would probably pick, and I'll pick two in a row. Uh-huh. Um, Memphis. Yeah. And because I'm, and I will pick the Timberwolves. Um, I think that these two teams will be there. I'm not sure if they are going to be two and three, but I think they will be in the picture uh, somewhere with Yoki, with sorry, with Memphis being the the most dangerous one Mm -hmm. and Mini being there. I don't think that the experiment with Towns, Gobert, and Edwards will fail Mm -hmm. 
quickly. I'm not sure how much high they can go, but hey, they can they can be pretty convincingly in the playoffs. Yeah. Next pick, I'll go with the Pelicans. I like what they're building. I like the I like their coach. I like if Zion is healthy, I think that they're here. You know, I think they're yeah. at the top of the West. Now it's a big it's a big one. Because I think that they could be a team that ends up being pretty mediocre if Zion isn't good. Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of really good vibes around the Pelicans right now because of what they did in the playoffs. Because of, you know, it felt a lot like the 2010 Thunder where at the end of the season everybody stands up and gives them a standing ovation after losing in round one. Like, it feels a lot like that. But they have, they basically had their Durant sitting out all season. And can he become the player that everyone thinks he can? Is he in good enough shape? Um, Will Guillory did a piece on The Athletic that you should go read about Zion looking like a different player physically. Um, so if he can be that, there's like no reason to believe that the Pelicans aren't one of the best teams in the league. Now, this is also a guy that could be headed somewhere else eventually if things don't go well. Um, you talked about Jokic maybe being gone. There's already been chatter about him wanting to play for the Knicks. Yeah. You know, does he end up with the Knicks? I, I would say no, just because the Knicks, nothing good happens to the Knicks. Um, but he could end up somewhere else. And so there, there's a question mark there. But if this team remains intact, B.I. develops a little bit more. Because B.I. is still really young. So if he takes yeah. another leap with Zion... I like the cast of characters they have around those guys. You have CJ McCollum as like the leader of this team. I mean, just like, why not? Yeah, I think that we are wrong because we picked all the three teams that are likely to be moved to the Easter Conference when the merge <laughs> happens. <laughs> They'll just move one. Yeah, so at least Minnesota, one we got wrong. Minnesota or Memphis are like the two teams that are likely yeah. to be there. Yeah, that yeah, would be weird. I picked them both. Um, <laughs> that would be really weird. Um, who else do you think will be there? I think the Lakers will be long gone by then. I think the Clippers could be yeah. um, out by then too, which would be great for the Thunder because that twenty we talked about the twenty six pick on Friday, where it's like holy smokes. Yeah, it's early for them to be completely out, but I would I don't think that they that this iteration of the Clippers will be. I think they have some card to play, like yeah. they can move their picks around, try to do another try yeah. uh, with Tyloo. They have a good coach. They have a great so, coach. They have a lot of competent players, a lot yeah. of them. That um, you can move like, yeah. and get maybe like in two years, they can move two picks if they ask the Thunder to amend one of the protection or do something like that, yeah. like move the pick around. So I, I think that some, the Clippers will, will be there. To some degree. And I think also Phoenix will be there. Yeah. Yeah. Phoenix will be there too. Um, I'm not a big believer in the Blazers. The Jazz will obviously be bad. The Warriors no. are like question mark. Yeah. You know, like what do we think about them two years from now? Like how good is, I mean, it's really just all about how good is Steph in two seasons. You know, they could very well be at the it's top season the three from now. So it's, yeah. Yeah, it's still possible, though. Yeah, you know that he's still the best, one of the best five players in the league. Then, um, so it's going to be tough. The West, 
the West is going to be tough. And that's just like not accounting for who gets the top of this next draft. And is that player really like is, you know, if Victor Wimbanyama goes to the Rockets and Jalen Green takes a leap and Victor is the guy that everybody thinks that he is. Well, he just dropped 34 the other day. I know. I know. I saw that. So if he's the guy that everybody thinks he is, like that could vault them there. Like we just don't know. Like it's just so hard to predict. But I still think the Thunder are going to have a good chance to to be com- in this like competitive group that we're talking about heading yeah. into this particular season. But it's gonna it it still takes a little bit of imagination to get there, because um, the West is just so freaking tough. <laughs> it's just impossible. Um, so. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, Okay, next question. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Michele. Simony Dog here. Just wanted to know, excluding Sam Presti, who would you say is the number one GM? Um for the past five to 10 years. Uh, yeah, just curious who you think has done a phenomenal job. Uh, as a GM, I know we have Sam Presti that we all love, but just your thoughts on both you think has been doing pretty well. Good job. Uh, thank you, guys. Love the show. Bye. Shall we do a first All-NBA GM? Yeah. Ranking? Yeah. Like we, top five? Yeah, we can definitely do that. Top five power rankings. Um. I mean, Andy Ellisberg with the Heat has done such a good job. He and Pat Riley, he's yeah. the president of basketball ops. Man, like he's he's really good. Now he has a huge competitive advantage having a team in Miami, but mm-hmm. he's also drafted Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo both late in the lottery. You know, they've made those picks count, and then they always find guys. Not only do they lure free agents like Jimmy Butler, 
who wasn't really a free agent, but like just demanded to go there. They didn't have the space. They ended up making an incredible trade to, you know, bring him in because he wanted to go there. But they just continued to bring in players that just like, how do they, how do they get these guys? Like, how do they always find the right guys? And I don't think they have a G League affiliate like right there with them. <laughs> you know, it's not like there's a Miami G League affiliate in town. Um, but they like find like the Caleb Martins of the world and Duncan Robinson is obviously a guy. Max Struess, who was really good for them last year. Um, Omir Yurtsevin, who played well. He's, you know, could have been on the Thunder, but yeah. um, they just continue to not only have a great, you know, market with a good team, but they continue to just find these guys on the fringes and just continue to be a good team. So. Um, I'll say Ellisberg to me is like one of the best. He doesn't get talked about a ton. Yeah, um, it's all Pat Riley, but Riley has a Riley's face, the name, the the everything. Yes, but Andy and Ellisberg it's also to me is like one. Like he to me, he's like the guy. Yeah, they they are so creative with cap minutia and stuff yes. like that. They have a very. I think that they are probably the best combo between team, um, like coaching and mm-hmm. in general in front office because they are so aligned I, like you can see that because they can extract a lot of values for yeah. for the players they they pick yeah and those players they may not work in the same way elsewhere yeah so they are they're special and i think that that this they, they deserve credit for that i think that my first pick will be uh masai um i think that he has done tremendous work in terms of being able to be to take risks um to do um trades that like other guys punted on um i think that it's easy now to say hey wow uh he got Kawhi, but that trade was easy no it wasn't uh he was the only one to pull it off um uh, i think that he built a culture in toronto which is important and and Toronto is relevant. He had one year where he had to fight everything in the COVID year and one year removed from that, Toronto is still back on track. He drafted extremely well. And and, yep. and he also find players like Fred Van Vliet on the margin. Uh, so it's it's just one of the best. And even in, in Denver before the Toronto job, he put up one of the best Denver teams uh, over the past decade. So, yep. MSI, um, has a guy, Bobby Webster, who's like, his title is general manager. I think that Masai is like president of basketball ops. It's all kind of all the same stuff basically, but Bobby Webster's like super good and he's crazy. He's really young. I mean, he's our age. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I saw him in, I'd heard his name a bunch and I don't think I'd ever seen him in person, but you just see him in person. It's like, Oh, that's just like some regular looking dude, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, he's just like this young looking guy. Um, but like Bobby's like a really big part of what they do. So like, yeah, that team I think is a really good one. Um, the Grizzlies, obviously Zach Kleiman is their general manager. Um, the Grizzlies have done just an outstanding job with the way that they build their team. They draft very well. They got yep. really, really lucky and got the number two pick, which you would prefer to the number one pick just because you get Ja Morant. 
And that changes your entire trajectory. That changes your entire franchise. And that's great. There are a lot of teams that could have just drafted John Morant, but didn't do, wouldn't have done what their Grizzlies have done from there. It's like, just do just such an incredible job drafting the rest of their team. Where, I mean, Desmond Bain at the end of the first round is going to haunt a ton of teams. Oh, yeah. Because, oh, yeah. And even like last year, we did a year Smith pick. Yeah. It's a good pick. What is this trade? I know. Like Memphis did terribly. And then, I mean, in the end, a year after, I said, oh, that trade was much, much better than I thought. Like, yeah. So maybe maybe the goal was to draft someone else, maybe Giddy. Uh, There there were rumors about that. Yeah. I think that's legit. But they they've done pretty darn well. I mean, yeah. here are the guys drafted before Desmond Bain in 2020. So there's like, so Tyrese Maxey was picked 21st. And then between Maxey and Bain, Zeke Naji, uh, Leandro Bomero, RJ Hampton, Emmanuel Quickly, Peyton Pritchard, Udoka Azabuki, Jaden McDaniels, Malachi Flynn, and then Desmond Bain. And Bain, man, I, I think there's a big season coming from Desmond Bain this year. And just to get that guy at 30, I mean, this this past year, I don't know if people even know like how good his stats were. 18 points, four boards, almost three assists per game, only one turnover per game, shooting 46, 43, 90 from that's, the field. That's insane. I mean, he shot he, he, seven, or what is it? Yeah, seven threes a game, 43%. And he, you know what he is for his career in two seasons? 43.5% from three. Yeah, that's insane. And you can probably justify Jaden McDaniels. I think that a lot of teams would say, hey, um, he has, he had a ton of upside. And yeah. so I can, I can get there. Um, there were like reasons not to draft him higher because of his yeah. behavior and the results. But hey, sure. you can say, okay. But the others, I mean, that, that, that is, I like Peyton Pritchard, but yeah, sheesh. yeah, it's different. Uh, Azabuki is like the worst, probably the worst, you know, in the 20s first round pick in a long time. <laughs> That's just a really yeah. bad one. That guy is not yeah. any good. He was a senior that year, by the way, for yeah. Kansas. And like, if you draft Pritchard, like, yeah, why? Yeah, I know. And then it's the same type of player. Like, yeah. maybe, maybe Pritchard had a little bit more of ball handling and whatnot, but like short arms. Not yeah. physical enough, allegedly. I know. I and know. Senior, yeah. both were seniors. Pritchard is actually yeah. like five or six months older than Bain. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, that one. There's a lot of teams that are kicking themselves for that one. But yeah, um, yeah, I think the the whole Grizzlies front office has done just a phenomenal job. Um, not only getting lucky, but you know, just doing what they do in the draft. I'm really, really curious to see how this last draft turns out for them because they drafted just, I mean, getting LaRavia, David Roddy in the first round. Like, I like LaRavia a lot. I don't know how much I like him at 19. Roddy, he's a thick daddy. I don't know how good he's going to be in the league. Um, yeah, he we'll see. He's got no breaks, you know. Like, that's just, like, one of the interesting mm-hmm. things about him. Yeah, I think that we should mention very briefly Connolly that we already discussed. I think that Ainge is someone that when you have to collect picks and to just 
replenish. Yeah. Maybe he's the guy for you. I'm sure when you have to push the pedal. And and I want to praise the front office of the Clippers in general. Yeah. They have done a remarkable work. Mm-hmm. Because yes, you can say that they paid a lot for for Paul George and Kawhi, but that is the risk that you have to take if you're there. Because if they work out for one season, then yeah, she can be great. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those picks can be maybe two um, two can be very high level picks. But if you bring a title in Los Angeles, not with a purple and gold, he did something that will be celebrated for years, probably. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, they've done a great job. And they just hired the best, maybe the best coach in the NBA too. Yeah. I mean, you think about this. Last season, they got zero games from Kawhi and only 31 games from Paul George, and they still won 42 games. Yeah, it's insane. You know, that should have... I mean, we celebrate the 12th pick and should because it got them J-Dub. We don't know how good he's going to be, but there's a lot of high hopes for for him. That should have been like the seventh pick. <laughs> you know, if they had just yeah. your run-of-the-mill coach... I think, I think that they would have won, you know, thirty games. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because I mean, the the rest of their roster is like they've got like guys that people know, but yikes on the rest of the roster. I mean, you look at the top minutes played for them: Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Zubak, Amir Coffey played the fifth most minutes on the team last year. Amir Coffey. If you can pick Amir Coffey out of out of a lineup and you're a Thunder fan. One, you're a complete NBA psycho. Two, there's like five of you that could, you know. Yeah. And put that same unit uh, in the previous iteration of Detroit or the current iteration of, of the Hornets. Yeah. This is just the number two, three pick. Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, in reverse order, they will be yeah. just in the top five. Yeah. Like, granted. Yep. That's exactly, that's exactly right. Um, all right. Next question is about uh, Trey Mann, J-Dub, J-R-E. Hey, Andrew and McKelly. It's John here. Hope you guys both had a good weekend. So my question for you is, let's say one of J-R-E, Trey Mann, or J-Dub far exceeds expectations this season. Who would become most valuable to the team long-term? And then the bonus question for you guys would be, uh, what is your deep cut for the thing that you are most looking forward to on the team this season? Uh, thanks so much for always delivering excellent content. Uh, and, uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. Bye. Hmm. So who would, if they were to surprise, would provide the most value? To me, so, to me, it's really between J Dub and Trey Mann, just because yeah. they can provide scoring in a way that Jeremiah likely won't. Um, I think Jeremiah has some good upside, but like to like pretend that just because he's six eight and probably plays center, it doesn't mean that everybody that's six eight and plays center is Draymond Green. Um, that's probably like an unfair comp for anybody, mm-hmm. just because he's what he's seriously one of a kind. Um, he's even mentioned that he wants to play like Draymond. He practices with Draymond in the offseason. It's great. I'd love great. for him. I'd love for him to be that guy. Counting on him to be that guy is like counting on any big white center that can pass decently to be Jokic. It's like, all right, 
probably not going to happen. Um, yeah. I think I think Jeremiah will be a solid player, but I don't I'm not sure about the upside there. So it's really just between like Trey Mann being like a the human torch or J Dub being able to score at an efficient clip, but being able to play all over the court. That's why I think it's J Dub because like he can provide value from one to four, you know, and can just fit in any lineup. Can be a ball handler, can be a scorer, can spot up, can just do everything that you would want from a player, you know, surrounding guys like Giddy and Shea. And that's what we need. That's what the Thunder needs so badly. It's just somebody that the defense cares about, um, which might be why you would pick Trey Mann too. But I would, I'll go J Dub for this answer. Let me allow me to be extremely uh, heretic. Okay. Uh, probably lunatic. Um, yeah. If great. if everything goes extremely well, like saying that he that J Dub reaches the absolute peak of his um, seeding, uh-huh. is it completely absurd to see him being like a player that can play like Igudala on a very good team? No, I don't I, think that's crazy at all. Um, like, I mean, it is crazy to, to, to ask him to be that, that that is not sustainable. But say that everything goes I mean, extremely like he well. in the lottery. Like, I mean, that's, he's not a, he wasn't the 18th pick. He's not, not the 20th pick in the draft. Yeah. You know, this is a guy picked in the lottery. He was picked in the same range as like Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker and players like that. So Iguodala isn't even like, that's not like even shooting for the stars. Like Iguodala is a good player, but he's still like the fourth. He was an all-star multiple times yeah but is he is he mvp of the finals i'm i'm aware i just yeah, think that's i think you could yeah, if that happens, i think you could be... get crazier though like okay if, like is that, Booker okay. a better player than okay. iguodala you know like yes okay like he definitely he, is like is donovan mitchell who, a more, more valuable player than iguodala in general yes so I mean, I don't occasionally know. no. You could, yeah, occasionally, yeah. You could go, you can, you could go a little crazier even than Andre Iguodala. Okay, then, then I think that a player like that um, would probably be impactful on a great team. Like I can see him being a player that can make a team function to an extremely high level, especially oh, yeah. if the shooting pans out because the passing is there. Yeah. The defense, I don't know. Um, so I can see why he can be valuable. Trey Mann can be valuable in a completely different way. Yeah. He can be that player who comes off the bench and you, you just, when he's on the court, you just don't know what happens. Mm-hmm. And you just have to, to completely change your game plan because you can like be the guy who scores. Again, this is not saying he can be Manu Ginobili because he's a completely different player. But when Manu came on the court, everything changed. Like mm-hmm. he was playing at a different pace in a different way compared to the standard team. I think yeah. the Trey Mann, in his own way, uh, if everything pans out, can be a player that comes off the bench and you suddenly have to account for him big time. Mm-hmm. Because if you leave him, if you let him go into a groove, he can change a game. Now, which one is more valuable if everything pans out? Probably um, J-Dub will be the steadier pick. Just because like, like size alone... Yeah. is a big factor in the league. It is tough to be 6-2 is what... I mean, Trayman's like 6-2, 6-3, you know, and skinny. Really? 
I think he's 6'3". I know he's measured at 6'5". 6'3 without shoes? I think he's 6'3 with shoes. I don't, I don't, uh, buy, I don't buy 6'5". That is something that you have to ask at training camp. Now you have to. I don't buy... Yeah, that's true. I do need to ask him. I don't buy the 6'5 <laughs> measurement. Like, you stand next to that's him. That's the hair. It's like, I don't... Yeah, it could be the hair. I don't buy 6'5 with him. He didn't play... Oh, let's he didn't say play, He didn't six, play four. like he's 6'5. Because J-Dub is 6'6". Six, six, you know, he also yeah, has a lot bigger. longer... He has, he's bigger. He's got longer arms. He's got... Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, but, like, I think that J-Dub can be a player where... You didn't have, he may be a player, like if he's a player that you have to account at all times, plus he's a glue guy, yeah. then he will be a game changer. Yeah. Which I man, when he's hot, it's magnetic. Like the entire team needs to focus on him in order to do something. Yeah. And if that part is real, like, boy. Yeah. yeah. Andre Godala made one all-star team. Just one? Just one. In, in Philly. Philly. He was 28 years old. The year that he made the all-star team, he was averaging 12 points, six boards, and five assists. 12, six, and five. Isn't that, okay. wild? Isn't that kind of weird? So, like, it is weird. I his, thought he was more of a scorer in 50. His, so year. when he was 24, he averaged 25 and five. 19.9, five, and 4.8 oh, is what he was okay. then. His first season with Golden State, here are his averages. This is kind of wild. Oh, I know that those are not good. Nine points, but, four boards, four assists. Yeah. But was a game changer. <clears throat> I mean, the, the Warriors don't become the Warriors without without Dre. Would you be happy for a career like that, even without the accolades, but number-wise for j -Dub? Uh Yeah, I think so. I think so. If, like, in the early years, he is able to score a bunch, but then once the team gets really good, he's just like... The ultimate glue guy, which is what Iguodala was. He defended the best player on the opposing team. Um, yeah, I, I I totally think so. I think that's. I mean, career average is eleven four and four. Yeah, it's not that bad. That bad. I think that he can be a player like that. Yeah. Maybe a little bit better. That's I don't know. Saying. If you if, if you adjust for, for pace, no. But if you adjust for pace. Yeah, that stat line looks a little bit better yeah, yeah, because yeah. that is probably on a pace that is around 98, 99. Yeah. Now it's more than a, to, to put at least 10% more, which is more like 13, 5, and 5, uh -huh. which is a very good stat line. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Because in Miami, like he's averaging like four points and three boards yeah, and two yeah, assists yeah. per game. Like in Golden State, I mean, he have to you have to also account for like the the latter years, but. His years in Philly, 15, 5, and 5. It's like, okay. I think yeah. if everything worked out, I think that that's really pretty close to what you think um, J-Dub could be if everything goes really well for him. Um, Isn't it insane that Shea is 25, 5, and 5? It's that is pretty insane. It's, it's crazy. I put out a list the other day of all the players that scored at least 24, 5, and 5 last season. Uh, it's a pretty exclusive list. I think that I listed it on the Dream Team show, but I'll I'll list it here now. Jokic, Giannis, KD, Steph Curry, Doncic, LeBron, Ja, Paul George, SGA. That's nine players. That's it. That's it. Nobody else. Nobody else did it last year. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy to think no, about. No, 15, 5, and 5 would be 
I think that the Thunder five will be assists will be the tough one to get to be, on this team in particular because with mm-hmm. the Warriors it was like Steph just running around everywhere, Clay's running around everywhere. You know, Draymond and Dre and Andre Iguodala had a lot to of passing to do with mm-hmm. those two. With the Thunder, it's going to be like the opposite where you know. Giddy's going to have the ball a ton and Shea's going to have the ball a ton. I'm not sure that J-Dub's going to have the opportunity to get up to five assists per game. You know, it yeah, maybe look, that is... Uh, it probably looks closer like 15, five, and three, you know. Or six and three, something like that. He can be yeah. a good rebounder. Yeah, I think so too. But yeah, I think there's a lot to be excited about for him. You know, I know a lot of Thunder fans are already, but um, yeah, it's very interesting. And then, I mean, we have Jang wasn't a part of this question, but you know, Jang is Jang is all is in the Poku stratosphere. He can be anything. He can be anything. Who knows? Use your imagination. He could be that, or be negative as you want to be. He could be that too. Um, okay, I think there was another question in there, but I don't remember what it was, and I apologize. And maybe I'll answer it for you on Twitter here in a little. It bit. It was something like um, I think we already answered at, at the beginning yeah. or I just didn't get the, the part of the question where it was yeah. something peculiar that we expect maybe something like that yeah yeah oh yeah 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 we talked about it yeah deep cut um, deep, cut. deep yeah. cut prediction uh, I think Aaron Wiggins is going to be super good don't steal this one from me I'm again I'm driving the <laughs> Wiggins even even starting Wiggins um, it's not like, out of the question I don't think it's out of the question I think I think, the, I think the world of that guy as a person and as a player, I think that he's he's super good. He was one of the most steady guys in summer league, and that's like, yeah, who cares, whatever, summer league. But still, it's a thing. It's a thing that happened. Yeah. Um, I actually have to go. I don't have time to, to, to answer another one. Maybe I can answer these other two in some other form or fashion. But we will have another podcast for you on uh, Wednesday. With Alex Spears, we'll be talking about. We might have to pause Summers of Sam because we have like real content coming. We're actually going to talk a little bit about press conferences from Sam Presti all the way back to 07 and just kind of like looking at like what does Sam's leadership look like through the years. Um, we're also going to look nice. at what, what his leadership looked like after Durant left. Like, what did he say? What did he do? How did he steer the ship, you know, during times like that? So uh, I thought it would be interesting to go back and look at those. So we'll be doing that on Wednesday. I hope you guys have a wonderful, wonderful Monday. We'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.